It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Welcome, one and all, to the Buzz Adams Morning Show. As uh, we are getting this Wednesday hump day kicked off, a visit later from the great Nostradamus. He's coming by. And uh, Johanna really uh, unloaded on circus peanuts as far as being a candy goes. Trash. Like she really didn't hold anything back about her low opinion of circus peanuts. Mm-hmm. Worse than uh, worse than candy corn in your estimation, right? Yes. She stands by her statement. I don't think these I've are ever what, these had are what circus they, peanuts. Okay, so circus peanuts, they're orange and they're marshmallowy, but the thing they resemble the most are those plugs they give you at a gun range to put in your ears. Hey, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't think of what to describe them as. Isn't that what they look yeah, like? Yeah, they do. And they're usually exactly that, that color. same color, too. Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, circus peanuts are trash compared to candy corn. This sounds as much pro-candy corn as it is anti-circus peanuts. Oh. Uh, very interesting. I've also got up my spoiler-free and spoiler-laden guide to Joker. Oh, okay. It's come to my attention that still plenty of people haven't seen Joker. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting everyone to see it by this weekend. But, so I give like three... Like the first half of what I wrote doesn't have anything that's a spoiler, and then I give you a big warning. It's like, all right, now the next part is for people who've seen the movie. Hey, here's some here's some points. Maybe you thought about, it, maybe you haven't. So you can read my spoiler-free and spoiler-laden guide to Joker. Just don't read part two if if you don't want any spoilers. And this is a rare movie where I actually. Don't want to spoil anything for people mm-hmm. going to see it. I think it's like a real slow burn type of movie, and there are a couple of big plot flips, and I I, I can't say enough good about it, especially Joaquin uh, Phoenix's performance. Good morning, Brandon. Good morning, Buzzley. Why don't we uh, go over what everybody's working on? We'll start uh, start with sports. So Kaplowitz was in here earlier this week talking about how they should just go ahead and crown the Astros. Uh, World Series champs this year because nobody's as deep or as good as the Astros. Well, but the Rays pushed them to a Game 5 last night with yeah. the victory, and we also have two Game 5s coming up tonight with um, both National League divisional rounds going to a Game 5. And Sam Darnold looks like he's over his little bat, bout of mononucleosis. Okay, so Sam Darnold might be back in it for the Jets? Yeah, he's scheduled to be the starter this weekend as the Jets against the Cowboys. the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is a uh, Sunday afternoon game. It's not the early or the late game. It's kind of the, you know, regular Sunday uh, game. Lisa, how about news? What do you got on our radar as far as news goes today? You want to talk about STDs? No. <laughs> I mean, if it helps people, sure. Uh, it might have to. It looks like STDs, they're on the rise in the United States. Cases of gonorrhea, chlamydia, and syphilis have all gone up for the fifth consecutive year. It's according to a new report from the CDC. Possible factors include a surge in people getting tested for STDs and cases being diagnosed and reported. So, But there's also that, a decline in condoms. That, that could mean, hey, there's not... 
that much more. It's just being reported more. Mm-hmm. Like there's more widespread reporting of STDs and more free testing. So a lot of people, uh, more people are going and getting tested for it. But they also say that people are using less condoms. The number of antibiotic resistant gonorrhea cases that's also going up. Alaska highest number of chlamydia cases. Mississippi has the highest rates of gonorrhea. Nevada highest rates of primary and secondary syphilis. Good to know. Joanna, what do you got over there in entertainment that you're working on today? Tom Holland sent fans into a frenzy after a video surfaced showing that he has shaved his head. Like shaved it so it's just skin or or, or like a buzz cut? Like a buzz cut, I guess. Like a military looks cut? like Eminem looks. Okay. The rapper. Wait, did he, did he dye his hair blonde? Isn't that... No. No, Eminem has like brown hair. Yeah, but didn't Eminem? Eminem was would the always beginning. diet. Yeah, at the very beginning, he was always uh, super bleach blonde. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot to tell you. What's up? It is permanently 1998 in my mind. Oh. Like any pop culture <laughs> reference. Okay. Sounds about right. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, every, uh, everybody went a little crazy thinking what's going on with Tom Holland, but they believe that it's uh, for an upcoming role huh. in the Russo Brothers film called Cherry, where Holland plays a former army medic who returns from Iraq with PTSD. Okay. That's what I would think if I saw an actor and he had a different hair style going on. I'd think, huh, this guy's an actor. I bet it's for a role. <laughs> Mystery solved. Oh, Brandon, you want to talk real quick about tire amnesty days uh, this week in Abilene? Over in Abilene, baby. (laughs) If you got a bunch of old tires, they've got a uh, collection that they're doing starting, I believe, Friday and Saturday. Um, Do they give you money for them or anything? No, it's if you just, if you have a standard tire, if you just have a car tire with no rim, but it's free to drop off. And it goes from 8 a.m. until 4 p.m. coming up Friday and Saturday. I could think just off the top of my head of a half dozen uses for an old tire that I doesn't involve turning them, them in. To like planters. Uh-huh. Have you seen those in yeah. the front yards? Those are so pretty. <laughs> yeah, it's real pretty. Ding, 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 ding. Well, if you have any extra tires uh, laying around, you're more than welcome to go drop it off in Abilene at the Environmental Recycling Center. Now, if it's just a standard tire with no rim, it's free. If it's a truck tire, it's five bucks. If it's a tire with a rim, it's ten bucks. Commercial and agricultural tires not going to be accepted this you time You could around. take a tire and make a swing out of it. Yeah. There you go. You could. Uh, here's one that. I think it might If it's not, big enough You could get inside it And roll down a hill You could oh, throw yeah. it How many in hills a, in Abilene though huh? You could throw it in a lake I've seen people do this before and That's it, called glittering Except <laughs> If you own the lake You throw yeah. it in the lake and, Or pond And it makes kind of like a Like a little habitat <laughs> for it. It's kind of like a honey hole for fish I know People who go out And they throw a thing and all the I don't know how it works but they do it because it attracts fish okay um we got a lot more that we're going to talk about on the show today I'll have today and sound clips on the way coming up shortly did you know Fortnite is as addictive as cocaine that's according to well a lawyer not a scientist but a lawyer says that Fortnite is as addictive as cocaine, and the people who make Fortnite didn't put any warning on there to let you know you might get addicted to it. So I knew there's that, a like, class action lawsuit going. World of Warcraft was like that, but I didn't know Fortnite was like that too. Uh, can you I get kind friends, of addicted to anything? Any video game, I would say. Yeah, I had 
friends in high school that would play World of Warcraft to like four in the morning every single night. I I really feel like in college for a while I I had a solitaire addiction. And not even on the computer because we didn't have computers yet. Like with a deck of cards, I would sit there and huge chunks of my day would be taken hey, up with Buzz, me trying to, go to play out the party per- tonight. Uh, uh, no, I got me a hot date with a deck of cards. I got a queen coming some- over. I'm going to be hanging out with my 52 <laughs> friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, maybe let's- 54, depending on if the Joker show up. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Well, Lisa's getting ready to go on a vacation, and she's going to an exotic uh, locale that looks... I'm just looking up some of the pictures here in Ecuador. <laughs> Look at that. There are people out having a big parade. Uh-huh. It looks like they got fireworks going off. There's a lot of smoke and... Uh, oh, look, they're getting like a like a military escort down the street there. <laughs> look at that. Doesn't that look like fun? I'm what so a good excited. time they all look like they're having. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if I can go on my Oh, wait, let me read week. the uh, descriptor here. Demonstrators and riot police clash in Quito, the capital of Ecuador. It's not the capital no more. Where were you flying into? Quito. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the president You go this of the weekend, con- right? Yeah, I leave on Saturday. The president of the country uh, moved his capital to a southern city. Um, people have been protesting his plan to end the state fuel subsidies. The one thing that weirds what me out... What is your travel... I don't know if you have a travel agency. I do, or, yeah. yeah. I have a travel... What do they say about all this? It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm just thinking, uh, but is it though? Is it? Violent demonstrations rage on in Ecuador. Indigenous people and laborers are protesting their government. Okay, this guy's saying they take from us the poor... They put their hands in our pockets and raise gas and diesel prices. Okay. Not everybody seems to be happy here. Yeah, in I Ecuador, contacted a couple journalists. Where you're going to see some Galapagos turtles. <laughs> yeah, I contacted a couple journalists who are in uh, the capital right now, and they're saying, they're like, yeah, they've already... Well, the former capital. Right? The former capital, but they shut down the streets uh, coming and going from the city. And the problem is with the airport, apparently they have blocked off the entrances to the airport so that you can't get to or from flights. And I'm just thinking, oh my gosh. Protesters blocked roads into the region with debris and tires. Look at that. You ain't, I hope that's not a road you're going on. That you is. ain't getting past that road. Look at that. It's a bunch of tires. What do you see in there, Brandon? Uh, looks like a Springfield tire fire. Yeah. They got a bunch of tires. They set them on fire. It looks like Red Rover, but oh. with tires. Apparently, they don't have tire amnesty day down in Ecuador like no. they do in Emily, Texas. Definitely not. Well, do you speak any Ecuadorian? It's called Spanish. No, no. They, it's a different language in Ecuador. Joanna, didn't we look this up yesterday? It's like Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, but I can tell you a phrase. You want to learn a quick Ecuadorian phrase? It called in Spanish, but... It, okay, so if anybody, if you want to say, Hey, I am a tourist. Uh, I am here to be a friend. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mecca, lecca, hi. Mecca, hiney, ho. Mecca, hiney, ho. Right. Mm. Brandon knows a little. Yeah. Baruch ata Adonai ilhenu. That Say that to him. Is Hebrew. Okay. That is from the bar and bat mitzvahs I went to as a child. <laughs> I, I can't get anything know, past you, I can I? Definitely know that. Well, then while you're there, make sure you order some matzo ball soup. Oh man. Je voudrais omelette du fromage. That is French. I think that's Ecuadorian as well. No. 
So is the, is the trip still on? Apparently, according to the travel people, they say, oh, yeah. God. So, I mean, if I if I don't come back in time, guys. <laughs> are you going with friends? Yeah, there's about four or five of us that are going. All right. Uh, safety in numbers or... <laughs> More or, people, bigger target. I was going to say safety numbers or just make sure I'm the fastest out of those four or five. <laughs> nah, you don't even need to be the fastest. You need to be the, you know, not Trippiest. slowest. You need yeah. to be the not slowest, I guess. Well, the, hold on a second. They're protesters, not zombies. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. I like Christmas lights up on houses. I just don't want them up year round. Well, no, it kind of takes away from what makes it special. It gives it, it takes away from that feeling of the holiday season. If you had birthday cake every day, birthday cake wouldn't seem that special, I guess. It's a way of looking at it. I think they ought to maybe think about having lights for other holidays. Like, I do like going, you know, and seeing all the houses lit up, but they could do it like for Fourth of July. Nobody puts up Fourth of July lights. I mean, we have lights up cool. for Halloween. Yeah, I do see people up with the lights up for Halloween, but you could you could put up lights for different holidays. Uh, anyway, start that trend for Fourth of July, man. Go get just red, 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 white, blue, blue lights, lights. right? Uh, so I'll get to the story. A surprising number of Americans say uh, they think Christmas lights should go up before Halloween. So we'll get to this coming up here in just a few minutes. There's a town in New Jersey called Garfield, New Jersey that has a big problem with feral cats right now. That's right. The town of Garfield has a problem with feral cats. Feral cats all over the place. Town officials are trying to find a solution. Uh, I hate to be the one to point out the obvious, but I think you just leave poison plates of lasagna out for all the feral cats in, in Garfield. Or, or lure maybe to be more humane you could use lasagna to lure the Garfield cats I mean out I of need town. to know how many cats we're talking about here though because enough that we it's have a problem a, we have a lot of feral cats in this city too you know I ride my bike around a lot and I I notice things uh, various things like a lot of people have RVs but they hardly ever move like, <laughs> like they're in the same place like so many people have RVs but I hardly ever see them go anywhere Plot also twist, they live in it <laughs> if a house has a cat it's more than likely they have a lot of cats. There's, I remember there's one on the street corner, man. Like, holy, like there's like a gang of cats. Oh, that in my neighborhood? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's gang initiations for the cats in my neighborhood. It's and like they're all ca- black cats, too. All of them. A cat yes. attracts another cat, mm-hmm. and more cats attract more cats. I don't know how it works. It's almost like they multiply like triples. I'm pretty sure that the lady <laughs> down the street from, from my house is hoarding cats. Because whenever I walk my dog past it, the smell of cat urine, like that ammonia scent, is so pungent. Oof. And it's just, yeah, even just walking past the house, I'm just like, oh. Like you can see like the yellow stink rays like floating off of the house. Yeah, and now she moved like a couple dogs into that house. She doesn't live in the home. Like she just owns the house. And I'm just sitting there and I've talked to her about it before saying like, hey, these, she's like, oh, that, that feral cat I brought it into the house uh, so it lives here now I'm like okay have you ever thought of maybe spaying and neutering all the cats let me tell you something I've been around actual feral cats Mm -hmm. you can't touch a feral an actual feral cat yeah they don't want to be touched the thing they do is trapping they do a lot of uh, what's called a 
Yeah, T- but I think TNR. I'm is telling you, called. like a real feral cat, if you put it inside your house, it would be a whirlwind of dis- of destruction. Those uh, like really wild cats. Well, this the the thing is, is that she leaves the back screen open, so they run around her house. Like she feeds them, puts water in there, so the cats stay in that house area. Like that is the home property, but they still run amok in the neighborhood. <laughs> When I was real little, my, my parents had some older friends who had a property, and there were a bunch of feral cats. And when I was about seven, I asked Doc Sullivan, was the guy's name, mm-hmm. if I could pet their cats. Yeah. And he, he said, I'll tell you what. And he said this to me and my brother. I got $10. If you can, if you can even touch one of those cats, I'll give you $10. So me and my uh-huh. brother wanted to get up. Uh, down. No, you could not get anywhere near those cats. They were completely, like wild animals little buzz comes back with all these cuts and scratches on him <laughs> no, but i got ten dollars if i'd have come back with cuts and scrapes i would have demanded my ten dollars i didn't get anywhere near <laughs> an actual feral cat the town of garfield which again i want to point out has a cat problem mm-hmm. says that they have tried the tnr method which is trap, trap and release trap and release trap neuter, neuter. and release mm-hmm. tnr but some of the towns say the program isn't doing enough and they need to get more serious. And the numbers of feral cats in Garfield are rising. I hear that in the town of Marmaduke, Idaho, they've got a real problem with Great Danes. <laughs> taking up a lot of space. If you want some numbers, by the way, as of 2018, there are 26 cat colonies registered with the city. Of of Garfield? Yeah, and each cat colony ranges from the size of two to ten cats. Yeah, that's my neighborhood. Like, we go up the street. I found a report on Lisa's neighbor, by the way. That's just my house. I think that's Joanna's house. That's uh, my future right there. All right. Is it okay to put up Christmas decorations before Halloween? No. 43% of Americans in a recent survey said it's perfectly fine to put up your Christmas decorations before Halloween. How do you yes. celebrate Halloween Psychos? properly if you got if you got Christmas stuff? They probably don't celebrate Halloween. Unless you make it a mm, silent night, devils. deadly night. I feel like sometimes a lot of people, they, they're either a Halloween person or a Christmas person. I think most people are both. Yeah. I think most people enjoy both holidays. Well, no, but it comes to decorating. Like, there's the Halloween people where now they have Halloween trees. Like It's like a Christmas tree, but it's all with Halloween-style t- decorations on it. Uh, I would rather keep my Halloween decorations up. According to a new survey, 43% of Americans say it's okay to put up your Christmas lights and decorations before Halloween. I have trouble reconciling that. That number seems really high. Mm -hmm. 60% of people say they're fine with stores starting to put out their Christmas month, their Christmas stuff out this month. Well, whether you're fine with it or not, they're doing it. No, that's the thing, man. We need we need to put our foot down here. It needs to be Halloween and then the Christmas decorations. I'm willing to accept them coming out November first, but that's the earliest. I would prefer it November fifteenth. Let's say uh, my family. We used to decorate for Thanksgiving just because the whole family comes over, all the kids. Well, you would cousins. decorate for Christmas on on Thanksgiving. Yeah, so it's like all the, yeah. all the kids are there, so everybody's together. And okay, yeah, you can put on the Christmas lights. It looks nice outside while everyone's you know hanging out on the patio. Poor yeah, we were the, we were kind of the same, except it was the day after. Like we would do the Thanksgiving thing, and then that Friday, that's when everything goes up. All right, here's here's my thing. I, I love Christmas is my favorite holiday. Okay. Uh, and I think it's a lot. Of, most people's favorite holiday is Christmas. 
But you are disrespecting Halloween mm-hmm. by putting up Christmas decorations. You're like saying to Halloween, you don't matter, Halloween. Halloween. We're already looking past you. Robert in the Facebook chat says that by doing this, it's like putting milk in your cereal bowl first. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. No. I agree. That's backwards. Uh, Robert's correct. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. It seems like we have been really into, maybe not in an unhealthy way yet, but really into serial killers because of Mind Hunters and because of the Ted Bundy show and the you know movie about Charles Manson came out this summer. People have been talking about serial killers. Well, the FBI has confirmed that this guy they got in California, uh, Samuel Little, is the worst serial killer in history. And the FBI says they verified at least 50 murders uh, that they connect with Little, which outnumbers the killings of Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, even the Green River Killer. That was uh, Gary Ridgway. The Green River Killer was convicted of 49 murders. He confessed to about 20 more. Yeah. So this guy uh, is 79 years old. He moved around a lot. He was a former prize fighter, but really just kind of a drifter. Yeah. And he has confessed to another 90 killings. So not counting those, the police say, they verify 50 deaths, which makes him uh, the worst serial killer in U.S. Well, that's what the headline says. I mean, it's subjective. I'm sure for serial killers, that makes him the best serial killer, right? Yeah. That he got so many. Yeah, we're like the worst serial killer probably hasn't killed anybody. It's like, oh, I'm just not, he's just not good at it. Hey, Brandon. Yeah. Take a look at uh, this guy they got in custody. <laughs> Who does he look like? I can't really see it from here. You can't see the picture? No. Nah, well, I mean, I can see it. Looks like Sanford. Looks like Fred Sanford. <laughs> look at that. Look at that side <laughs> by side. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> It kind of looks like um, the late beloved comedian Red Fox. Anyway, uh, he's... Did he ever own a junkyard? No, but he does this creepy thing where he can draw, like, pictures of all of his victims. Yeah. He says he remembers them with such detail. That's what you're seeing here on the screen right now. He And he did. He drew, I I think, like, almost all 50 of them. Right. Uh. So, um, they're asking for the public's help to find out if any of these other 90 that he's claiming, uh, you know, did he really have anything to do with him? Uh, the Violent Criminal Appre- Apprehension Program of the FBI began connecting Little to unsolved murders after a Texas Ranger uh, tied him to a 1994 cold case in Odessa. So there's kind of like a regional tie-in here. Not long after that, Little confessed He says to strangling 93 women across the country between 1970 and 2005. What is the latest with this thing that's going on between... All right, here's the latest Twitter dumpster fire out of the White House. Trump has been uh, all over the mayor of Minneapolis, a young-looking fella named Jacob Fry. Uh, he called for Minneapolis voters to dump Mayor Jacob Fry 
over an escalating battle that has to do with a rally that Trump wants to have at the Target Center in Minneapolis on Thursday. I'm going to oversimplify it here just a little bit, but I think the mayor told him, hey, you got to pay up front. And he was getting a lot of praise for this. People saying, good, because, you know, there's different cities. I'm not going to name any in particular uh, that he hasn't paid the bill for. And I mean, Albuquerque brought up this point when he did a rally in Rio Rancho saying, hey, we know for a fact he hasn't paid certain cities that are south of us. What are you going to do to make sure that he pays the bill? And they their response was, oh, well, we're just going to we don't know what the total is yet. So we can't give him a bill. Well, Trump's campaign says that the amount of money they wanted for the security at the rally, $530,000, was just trying to price him out uh, of, of coming there for a rally. And they compare it to other rallies that and what that had cost. Now, I'll say, if, if you look at it, if it looks like they're artificially bumping up the the cost because they don't want him to come to town. He said some pretty terrible things <laughs> about some of the there's been a lot of politicians in for instance Minneapolis, the, the officers in the city too were told not to wear their uniforms to the rally. And so when well, they were told not to wear their uniforms to any political rally. Yeah. That was like a new policy in Minneapolis. You don't wear your uniforms to any political rally or function that you're not working. So what they did is they made T-shirts that say uh, officers for Trump, uh, these red shirts so that they could attend the rally. And it looks like also the uh, Trump baby balloon is going to be there as well at the rally. So there's a lot of different things. So tr- apparently the rally is still going to happen. And the reason why is, and you see this a lot with a lot of different arenas and venues, is whoever owns it. So AEG is the company that owns the Target Center. They were the ones that booked this rally. And they're the ones that are saying it's still going to go on as planned. So as of tonight at midnight, the Trump... Uh, for enforcement are going to basically take over and of course get ready for the and prepare for the rally but they are saying AEG uh, booked that rally and they have backed down on the demand that the mayor made that he has to pay up front here's what uh, the president yes of the United States tweeted about the mayor of Minneapolis the lightweight mayor is hurting the great police and other wonderful supporters. 72,000 ticket requests already. Dump Fry and Omar. Make America great again. Yeah, I mean, it looks like if they're charging so much and they're trying to get it so that Trump doesn't have his rally. You it's know, interesting that you he would cap that, that off with Make America Great Again because just this morning he tweeted that the USA is greater than ever before. Make it greater again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, uh, another the 530,000 number is pretty similar to the El Paso in amount. So I, I believe ours was like 490. They're comparing it here. 530 is what they wanted uh, for the Target Center. Another Minnesota city had a rally in 2018 that was uh, 76,000. And... Uh, the campaign paid 26000 to hold a rally at the Mayo Civic Center. I guess this would mean a lot more to me if I was from Minnesota and knew what all these places were. And how big they were. A campaign instance, statement. The Trump campaign also pointed out that when then-President Barack Obama held a rally at the Target Center in 2009, police estimated the cost to be approximately 
$20,000. Now, I know for some people, uh, Obama might have been a divisive figure, but I got to think after, you know, Trump said that the senator from Minneapolis should go back where she came from. That's where Ilhan Omar is, and they have a substantial uh, immigrant population, especially immigrants from uh, the Arab world in Northern Africa. You know, maybe maybe they really have some legitimate concerns, and that would explain it, at least some of why this figure is so high. But if you want to learn from a city, he totally stiffed El Paso when he came here. Like, they, they had a price, but they figured he was good for it because they've never read anything about Donald Trump. And then he, he did, like, it was around half a million dollars. Dude, did you see the tweet that he sent out yesterday? Basically mm-hmm. saying for Hillary Clinton to enter the race in 2020. He's like, I know I can beat her. That's kind of what it. That's, I'm serious. I know that's kind of what he's doing. It says, I think that crooked Hillary Clinton should enter the race to try and steal it away from Uber left Elizabeth Warren. Only one condition: the crooked one must explain all of her high crimes and misdemeanors, including how and why she deleted thirty three thousand emails after getting C subpoena. Yeah, says the guy who has a secret server <laughs> that he put all the calls about the U- the yeah. information about the Ukraine in. See, for me, I, uh, the the number that is a good point that they bring up saying you know that uh, the Obama campaign was that amount. I, I don't 20, blame 000. them at all for trying to get the money up front. Now, if they're I, artificially I inflating the thing to discourage. Trump from from even coming, you know. Then that's an issue. Maybe they got an issue, but but the difference is though is that Obama, I would say, especially in that area, uh, in that area, they were. I don't think that they would have need as much security as they do for the Trump rally because even out here there was a lot of security, but it's because of the protesters. You had the pro-Trumpers, anti-Trumpers, and you had to make sure you had enough security and law enforcement personnel in case something did. Oh yeah, that thing was. How about Albert? Albuquerque, the the riots last time you went to Albuquerque, there was riots in downtown Albuquerque. They're burning cars. So if they want extra security and, and, to be safe, and I, I know I there's some that. some people say, well, that's not Trump's fault, but it kind of is because of the <laughs> things that he says inside it is meant to incite. It is kind of on Trump because of the way that it's this not president Monday operates. Mayhem. Right? <laughs> like, Monday mayhem, guys, let's go burn some cars. That, that's not a normal activity, I assume, in Minneapolis. I've never been, though. You don't know. It's getting cold, so I would imagine yeah. they, they're trying to look for warmth any way they can. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, let's do a little uh, entertainment segment here and talk about, if we got time, uh, there is a guy who's accusing the X-Men of ripping off his theme song mm-hmm. for the X-Men and he's like suing the, the everybody. The 90s cartoon? Yes. Yeah. And that's my favorite part. Brandon, this is going to be good for you You're then. familiar nice. with the song, so yeah, good. The, the best part about this story is they go, why are you waiting to sue them and the person goes well I I didn't know it was a show until 2017 so the the guy's Hungarian yeah it was for a Hungarian show that was on in the 80s (laughs) and it wasn't until 2017 that it came to his attention that his song X-Men was a thing (laughs) was being used on the X-Men in the 90s by the way the X-Men 90s cartoon I believe gonna be available Disney Plus what well this guy is suing Disney Marvel. He's just putting it up there. He's going after Fox, Apple, Amazon, and more. 
claiming that the execs behind the animated series from the 90s basically just used his intro music from a show called Linda that was on in Hungary in Should we the just 80s. play it now? How does the X-Men theme go, Brandon? Yes. Here, let me hear you. It's let, pretty good. I'll let you hear the actual theme. All right, that's X-Men theme from the 90s. This is the Hungarian show Linda theme song from the 80s. Brandon, what do you think? I mean, I can hear it, but is it is it a ripoff though? I think it's okay. It, it's, pr- it's similar. I'm yeah. gonna say I th- I think it is just like a simple combination of notes. It's such a simple combination of notes. They may not have ripped. Like, don't they have? And then it's just that over and over again. I could see somebody coming up with something that sounded similar without having ripped it off. Don't I was gonna say? Don't they have to prove that somehow, like they had heard this before, and then they ripped it off, or is it just the courts decide? Oh, they sound similar, so now X Men. So there's usually some is, kind of. This is part of the problem with the Stairway to Heaven case specifically. We brought this up in Rock News, and the problem is between I believe the band is called Spirit and the Stairway to Heaven. The, the they're saying the songs are similar, and that's why they said. There's a lot of parallel development that happens. There's only so many chords. Yeah, but they were also able to point out that... Was it like a 1500s something or other song? That oh, yeah, the centuries-old like yeah. song, too. Yeah, there's a 400-year-old song that even sounds more like Stairway to Heaven, but they were like able a hymn to, or something. They were able to place the uh, plant and page, the members of Zeppelin, on a tour where they definitely would have heard Spirit because they were also on that tour. And this is where <laughs> so the saying, person from Hungary is saying that they would have met with people who created the X-Men cartoon. And so... Who would have met? With the people? people who made the X-Men cartoon would have met with the people who created the Hungarian uh, TV show. Okay, here's the Hungarian TV show again. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what that. And means. here's the X Men. I don't know. I mean, so this man is saying that the people who made X Men and their TV executives were friends with the Hungarian film professionals in the 80s. So he says that they definitely would have known Linda because the TV show was such a massive hit at that time. But at the same time, it comes down to you have to find somewhere with like a spirit toured with Led Zeppelin. They met. Yeah. You need to be show, here's a picture of the guy who made Linda and the guy who you made the You also need to show together. that your work came out earlier. They, they, you know, that's, I will grant them that. This yeah, show was on from 1984 to 1991 mm-hmm. and they copy the song was copyrighted in 1983 the, but uh, it's a little hard 
I think it is interesting test. I mean, it's very simple. People who are familiar with X-Men, if you played them that other theme song, they would probably say, hey, that sounds like the X-Men theme song. It's close enough to that way. But I don't think that's the standard that... No, that they would judge think, it by. Yeah, no, I don't think that's going to win some sort of court case. I just think that's kind of an interesting study to do is how, like, if you were to play it for somebody who has never seen this Hungarian show, they would probably pick up on the fact that, oh, that does sound like the X-Men theme song. All right. By the way, really quick, who put the Happy Halloween up on the window? We did. Joanna did. Oh, because you know you covered your face, right? I didn't realize that <laughs> when I put it up there. Um... No, when I gave you that... <laughs> To put up for a decoration, uh-huh. I trusted you to use your best judgment. Okay, but I Joy. wasn't sitting back here when I was putting that. Well, we up can there. move it. I just wanted to, you know, see who did I it know and I if we can move know. it. I'll move it later. All right, we got a few entertainment stories. It was let, let me just call them out and and take them uh, whenever you, you hear your story called. Apple is doing a Christmas Carol. Me go. Apple is in final negotiations to acquire the rights to a musical adaptation of A Christmas Carol set to star Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. Okay, that so sounds dreadful. who would be Scrooge? Will Ferrell? No word yet on Will who's going to be playing who. Or Will Ferrell could be the ghost of Christmas past, like the jolly, happy Christmas ghost. I could see him the, doing that. Uh, or the, the original uh, ghost that tells him he's going to see three ghosts. Uh, was it Bob Marley? <laughs> no. Oh, it's Jacob, Jacob Marley. Marley. Joanna, is this the one, A Diva's Christmas? <laughs> yes. Okay, is. thank you. I know the story now. <laughs> That's how Lisa knows what a Christmas Carol is. A Diva's Christmas. Vanessa. We watched that one time here. Okay. I think it's a Christmas Carol is pretty much in the public domain. I got to think at this point. Yeah, you can so make a, a, an adaptation of a Christmas Carol. There are a ton. Scrooge McDuck. Uh, What came first, a Christmas carol, uh, like a a DuckTales carol, or Scrooge McDuck? Scrooge McDuck was a comic book character before... He did the Christmas Carol. Yeah, Christmas Carol. Yeah. Oh, it just. Ha- oh yeah. Okay. Chris- it, it was just a coincidence. That Scrooge McDuck, I think, has been around since the, at least the forties. Scrooge. Um, he yeah, he was uh, created in nineteen forty-seven. Ooh. Coming up next, PS Five next Christmas. Go. You that that that's it. That's the thing. PS Five is coming next Christmas. <laughs> so yeah. is super, uh, Joanna is super excited that uh, she could be getting a PS Four because yeah. once somebody gets their PS Five, they don't need their PS Four anymore. Yeah, I'm available for that. Thank you. Sony has confirmed uh, tw- a holiday 2020 release date for the PlayStation 5, and that is the name they're going with. Little Mermaid, go. Why are they doing this? It, so Doubling it up, right? Yeah, yeah. so Joanna has the real story, but here's my version of it. They're doing another made-for-TV movie thing. It's like a play. It's those live that musicals that yeah. ABC does. Yeah, oh, okay. they're doing The Some Little Mermaid. Some of those Mermaid. have been better than others. You're coming out with a movie version of A Little Mermaid. Why are you going to double it up and do two of them? That is true. It's confusing because this morning they've announced who will be playing Sebastian in the Disney live-action movie of it. Who uh, will be playing Sebastian in the Disney? David Diggs will be playing it in the movie, whereas in the the live play of it on the TV will be Shaggy. Who is David Diggs? Wait, Shaggy? Like it wasn't me, Shaggy? Yeah, it wasn't me. John Stamos is also going to come out in the TV live. He looks so creepy. He's the chef that tries to cook up. Awful! It does not look good for John Stamos at all. 
That is a bad looking mustache, man. But I do like the Queen Latifah. The seaweed Latifa. is always greener. Wasn't me. And somebody <laughs> else. Wasn't me. We should make that mix before they release it. Yeah, David Diggs get, was one of the stars of on. Hamilton. He was one of the original cast members on Hamilton. Yeah, I see him now. Nice hair. Yeah, why? If you've got a live oh, well, movie, Javier why Bardem. would you want to do a live? Javier, Javier Bardem, Bardem is what? Going to be in the movie. King Triton. Oh, for which one? For the movie. Melissa McCarthy will be playing Ursula. Aunt Ursula is what for the movie. Her, for the movie, and in the TV version, Queen Latifah will be playing Ursula. I do like Queen Latifah as Ursula. I really do. When she came out, you know who in I like is Ursula. Ooh, Mimi from the Drew Carey Show. Whoever that oh, actress yeah. is. She she did you see what is it ABC that's yes, doing that they're the, doing the cast, cast from, the from the past she'll be coming out on this Friday's episode of American Housewife wait who what they're, Mimi and like all the Drew Carey they're bringing back cast. the Drew Carey show because remember when we interviewed Diedrich Bader um, he was on the Drew Carey show he's on American Housewife so they're bringing back a vast majority of the actors and actresses from Drew Carey show the Goldbergs is going to have the cast of Cheers this week oh tonight tonight's Wednesday it's tonight tonight is Wednesday I do like though that with this little mermaid they ended up doing they were like oh they went with a an African American girl for this we're gonna pick Moana like we're just gonna keep with the tan girl challenge and I love it oh Moana looks great she looks so good it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast Brandon, do you have uh, envelopes ready and prepared for when the great Nostradamus gets here? I do. He's going to be here just any minute now. So we were talking about the uh, most hated Halloween candies. Candy corn was number one. Somehow, circus peanuts, well, number one most hated. I don't really hate it, though. I don't hate it. I haven't tried circus peanuts yet, so I can't really. Don't. Circus peanuts are awful. (laughs) Have you ever accidentally tasted plastic? Probably. Then you've tasted circus peanuts. Yeah, but remember, didn't Lisa, didn't you used to chew on foil? Yeah. What? But she doesn't have any filling, so she doesn't Oh my God, how can you chew on, you ever accidentally got a bite of something and there's some foil in it and then it hits one of your cat, one of your fillings? Oh my God. Yeah, but I also love getting tattoos though, so I mean, I just have No, no, no. Nobody enjoys, I don't care how twisted you are with the thing with the tinfoil on a metal filling. Give me some tinfoil. Lisa, you and I will talk about Well, do you have any metal fillings? No, I am perfect. I am perfect. Buzz, I am I don't either, but why would you want to chew on foil? That's a weird Like, even just the sound of foil gives me the heebie-jeebies. So... Lisa could sit there chewing and go, ah, foiled again. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) Solid. That's funny, Buzz. Good job. The one candy worse than You're circuit. funny. I like how we have to give him like reassurances. Like that was that one was good. That's not a fake laugh. <laughs> You're funny. The one candy I've ever had that's worse than circus peanuts. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. Are SpongeBob Krabby Patty gum. <laughs> gum or gummies? They're, I don't remember if they were gum or gum. I, I got them at FYE. Them, I, they, they have them over at the, I'm t- dude, I'm going to the dollar store when the show's over today and I'm just going to oh. buy up all this stuff. They got them at FYE, and we went, my nephew and I, before we went to go see a movie, we went to FYE, and they got a bunch of weird stuff, so I got it. I don't know if it's because it's terrible or, like, it had been on the shelves for so long it had gone bad, uh-huh. but for some reason I wanted to try, you know, little little gummy Krabby, Krabby Patties. Patties. Uh-huh. Terrible, but... Oh, they're so chewy. 
Have you had them before? Yes. I Do they have. taste awful? They taste like sugar. Mm. Which no. candy is this? But they're chewy. The Krabby Patties. But they're gummy. Oh, the patties. burgers? Yes. Yeah. The gummy the burgers. Patties. Yeah. Mm. Let's uh, talk about a couple of posts here uh, for our listeners, Rock 108. Tire Amnesty is happening this week in Abilene. You can come by and drop off your tires. And if they meet certain conditions, you get them for free. Yeah, it's you could drop really, them off. For really, free. the only condition is that it's just it's a regular car tire without a rim. Then it's free. But if it's a truck tire without a rim, uh, it's five bucks. If it's a tire with a rim, it'll be a ten dollar charge. And commercial and uh, agricultural tires not accepted. But it's happening uh, this Friday and Saturday at the Environmental Recycling Center at twenty two oh nine Oak Street from eight a.m. to four p.m. In El Paso, there's a charity that is under investigation. Uh, Brandon's got this post from yesterday. El Paso's Writing for Boobs charity is under investigation. What's the story behind that? So the American Cancer Society has gone in and said that you're not allowed to use our logos anymore because you're under an investigation because the amount that Writing for Boobs has claimed that they're donating to the American Cancer Society doesn't match up with what the American Cancer Society has said that they have received. Okay, so they're saying we gave this much and the Cancer Society says, nah, you did. Yep. So they've just kind of put it on hold at this point and because um, the uh, writing for boobs claims over $55,000 has been donated where the American Cancer Society was like, we received like 13000 When they're saying writing, are they talking about motorcycles? Motorcycle, believe, yeah. Okay. Oh. Well, uh, I'm happy to introduce to you. He's made it. I just got word that he's outside. Once again, to amaze and astound us all with his uncanny powers of precognition. You will be in awe once you see how gifted our next guest is in his powers of ESP. So please join me in welcoming the all-knowing, the all-seeing, the wise and mystic sage who has traveled from afar to be with us today, the great Nostra Dumbass. Everybody, round of applause. Hello, Nostra Dumbass. Hello. Hello. Welcome, Nostra. Good morning to everybody. Hello, thank you, Buzz. You're welcome, Nostra Dumbass. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning, Nostra. <laughs> and uh, Brandon, Brandon Coates, I hope you have the envelopes ready today. I do. Thanks for coming into this morning there, oh, Nostra Dumbass. Yes, it is my pleasure. I do have four envelopes here, but before I get to them, do you have any words of wisdom or uh, mysteries of the cosmos for us today? I have uh, what I like to call updated words of wisdom, like there are wise sayings mm-hmm. that uh, in 2019... I have adjusted them to be more woke. Okay. Okay. Nice. Because that is important these days to that be is woke. That's the culture these For days. Sure. Yes. We're so woke. This updated wise saying Give a man a fish, mm-hmm. and you've just assumed a gender and offended a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Dustin no, Dumbass. Nice. Well played. All right, Nostradamus, I do have four envelopes here that were hermetically sealed inside of a mayonnaise jar that we found in a box of uh, circus peanuts. Oh, sick. (laughs) They might have a distinct smell to them. I don't know if the circus peanuts smell at all, but we do have four envelopes here. And here's envelope number one. I hold the, thank you, Brandon, I hold the envelope to my turban, clad for it to predict the contents inside envelope number one. Number one. Yes, number one. 
the family jewels. The family jewels. Yes, the family jewels. What do you call e-cigarettes that everyone at a reunion can share? Oh. <laughs> All right, Nostra Dumbass, here we go. Here is envelope number two. Envelope number two. The president of Turkey and little Miss Muffet. The, the president, president of, of Turkey, Turkey and, and little, little Miss Muffet. Muffet. The president of Turkey and little Miss Muffet. Name two people who have curds in their way. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right, no, here we go. Here's them. What is wrong, Lisa? Nothing. Nothing. What is wrong with that? Nothing. <laughs> Little Miss Muffet, I know the poem had curds in her way. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Here's envelope number three. No, sort of ass. Curds don't like turkey either. Or chicken fingers. Envelope number. <laughs> what number did you say? Number three. Number, number three. three. <laughs> Real knee slappers. Real, real knee, knee slappers. slappers. Yes, real knee slappers. <laughs> what do you call an old lady's boobs? Oh! <laughs> 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 Nostra, doing slapper. good today. Right. Today's a solid day. All right, Nostra, dumbass. Here we go. Here's the fourth and Woo! final envelope. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> May your gym never update the headphone jacks on their elliptical machines to match the headphones you have to use for your phone. I think that's just happens at this point. <laughs> that's called life. Yeah. They're like, get Bluetooth all the day. It seems like they would coordinate no. somehow. Mm-mm. They would say, listen, you know all the ellipticals? The headphones don't work anymore. They're like, no, fam, you're good. Envelope number four. Very serious, please. I need to concentrate. Disney and Pornhub. Disney and Pornhub. Uh oh. Oh God. Tread lightly. Disney and Pornhub. Name two kinds of movies that frequently feature a stepmom trying to screw over one of her stepkids. You're not getting Disney Plus. <laughs> thank you, everybody. Through? Goodbye to everybody. Okay. Bye, Bye, Bye. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. I got a few kind of offbeat stories okay nothing super heavy here if i were albuquerque i'd be ticked off at this next story Uh uh-oh a breaking bad pop-up quote experience will open in la a week from today la come on (laughs) okay gotta have it in albuquerque i mean i'm sure it ties into the 
Netflix movie that's coming out? Uh, most likely. They had a ton of billboards for that when I was visiting. My best friend, when we went to the Game of Thrones thing, she lives in L.A., and so I took her to go see the Breaking Bad house, and she was so excited to see it. Is there anything exciting about seeing it other than, I mean... No, not at all. There's nothing special It's just about. in a random neighborhood. Does somebody live there? Yeah. Oh, no, they do. And they actually put they actually put a fence around the house because there were so many people that were... Tossing pizzas? Tossing pizzas, stepping on the lawn, <laughs> trying to go and take pictures. There's actually a sign in front of the house. I don't believe it. That You're says, telling me in Albuquerque there's a house that has a lawn? <laughs> there's a sign that says, take your pictures from across the street. Wow. So I wonder if the people knew did. <laughs> they were buying the house. They like, had to have. And that's the one thing for me. You you had to have known what the house was. It and seems like they're, the the agent would probably have to disclose that. Mm-hmm. Hey, no big deal on this, uh, but this was a house on Breaking Bad. And you're or I could show you this other house where it. there's been a murder. So which one would you prefer? Uh, yeah, yeah I, they had to have known, but they said that they got sick and tired because there's actually a Breaking Bad tour you can do. In Albuquerque, it's $80 a person, and they take you to all the different locations that were in the show. That seems awfully high. I was going to say, or you could just Google them yourself. Uh, for, and the, yourself. for the Seinfeld experience, while Seinfeld was still on the air, mm-hmm. I think that was $40 a person, and it was actually guided by Kenny Kramer, who's <laughs> the guy they base Kramer on. Yeah, they even spoofed it in the, in the episode of Seinfeld, where the Kramer, Cosmo Kramer, mm-hmm. designed his own... Tour. I guess it just depends. Like eighty dollars does seem like like a lot, but that they do have like a, a bus that they Unless put you, get you to on. Sample some of Albuquerque's finest blue meth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, even the Game of Thrones. When I was looking in Croatia at the Game of Thrones tours, they were about that price. But the difference was as they took you to multiple different areas within. Uh, Dubrovnik and within the city like okay well this is where the walk of shame sounds like a place where they'd have a hostel like from the movie hostel (laughs) probably do Uh, but they take you like this is where the walk of shame happened this is where they locked that guy into a I forgot like a vault TSA stopped a woman uh, for carrying 20 bags wait till you hear what the substance was 20 bags of Flaming hot Cheetos. Joanna, when were you luggage. at the airport? Oh my God, they caught me. <laughs> <laughs> the woman tweeted her experience with the TSA at LAX because she had 20 bags of flaming hot Cheetos and they stopped her. It was all in her carry on. Her Louis Vuitton carry on, funnily enough. No. She says she had 20 bags of flaming Cheetos because they're hard to find in South Korea. Oh, okay. That makes she's sense. She's going to then. South Korea to visit some uh, friends, so she's bringing a, a bunch of flaming hot Cheetos because I guess they don't have it over there. It, does this remind you of the time <laughs> Steve Kaplowitz made you fly back with fish from New York? <laughs> he wanted me to. No, he wanted me to fly back with Bialis, except I couldn't just get them in New York. I had to go out to Long Island. <laughs> Like, they had to specifically be from Long Island. Also, you can't check them. They're a bread. It was his brother. Steve had a whole list. You know, I need some smelt. I need some gefilte fish. And he did it. We went all over Pittsburgh getting this crap. It's like, you know, the internet is a thing. You don't have to get your friend. You don't have to inconvenience your friends and your family to <laughs> get your stuff. I guess it just depends he on what me, it is. And I would have got him the Bialis or whatever, but he was like, no, uh, here's what you got to do. 
you got to take the eight train all the way out to Long Island. Oh, also, you can't put it in uh, your your check your uh, check bags because it's something to do with the humidity or something. So I was eventually like, you <laughs> get your own Bialis. Um, that's, yeah, that's like my mom. She wanted my my friend to bring back with her a green chili that she roasted. Was, what is she supposed to do? Put it in her carry on? I know there's some lady, people yes. that do that, and we got a lot of uh, transplanted Chicagoans. So if one of them's going to Chicago, it's a thing where oh, bring me uh, one of the famous disgusting pizzas. <laughs> um. But, like, but Lou's, they deliver, and they even do it in dry ice. Right. So you, th- we are in 2019. You don't have to ask a friend. You can get anything you want delivered, and it's going to be fresher than your friend taking a trip is going to make it. Not only that, but I believe at the grocery store now, there's another uh, Chicago pizza place that actually have the pizzas in the frozen section. So Chicago pizza is just lasagna with a crust underneath it. Oh, that crust is good, though. Anyway, the TSA thought it was suspicious that she had all, that it was just Flaming Cheetos, and there were so many of them, so they inspected them one by one. <gasps> they thought, okay, well, she's trying to throw us off with the Cheetos. There's got to be a bag of something in here. They and finally they- let her go and the Cheetos. I was going to say, but go did through. she get to take the Cheetos? <laughs> she did. She retained custody of the Cheetos after <laughs> they were all searched by the TSA. Watch, they just kept one bag for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Stephanie uh, Baez is here from KVIA to talk about Borderland Crimes uh, pro- podcast. Latest uh, podcast will be coming out, and it's part two of an earlier podcast. We've... Uh, we, we do a sponsorship for H-E-B, but we figured out H-E-B. We don't think H-E-B is actually coming to El Paso. I don't think so either. I haven't heard anything. Are they toying with us? The, it says this is a sponsorship by H-E-B, so I read it, but then they play the thing, and it's for Favor, which then we found out H-E-B owns Favor. Really? You know what Favor know is? Yeah. Isn't uh, that food delivery or something? Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. they don't they don't have it on the West Coast. We've been, I didn't realize it. We've like, been oh, running it for four months. Yeah. If if we've been t- doing a sponsorship and an HEB was coming, we'd know more about it by now, right? I always get those high hopes when I see ads in our area for things that I don't think we have. And I wonder, are they coming? Like a Red Robin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that why they're advertising here? But well, some of those are, you know, on, like, like I think Red Robin especially is big enough around the country that they just buy national airtime. Yeah. And we sometimes get it, but we don't have it. We don't have... Uh, what was the one that's really popular, especially in the Midwest? Bob Evans? Like, I've always seen commercials for Bob Evans, but I don't even know what Bob Evans is. It just it depends. Stephanie, Someone... tell me if you agree with me. <laughs> it drives me crazy when I'm driving past a building that's going up, and I'm thinking... Oh, jeez. Oh, this, this, oh, okay. This is going to be the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> Oh, man. I can tell by the shape of the building. It's good. And then it opens up, and it's like a pediatric dental complex or something. That happened over there by the movie theater on Rimcon. Did you see that thing? I I had dreams of that being. Who knows? I have those issues because I live in Northeast El Paso, so anytime there's construction, we're like, maybe it's going to be something other than a Walmart for a family dollar. (laughs) And then it's it's a dollar general, and you're like, well, I guess I was wrong. so much for that. At least it's a dollar general. What really gets me is when it's just, you know, like... uh, a, 
a building that has a bunch of independent insurance agents in it or something. They should have a sign. <laughs> it should be a law. You have to have a sign that says, don't get your hopes up. This is <laughs> yeah. just going to be an oncology center. Well, they do have just to do letters of intent. Office. I know that, that they have to file a letter of intent with the city. And there's a couple different businesses that have filed letters of intent, but haven't opened yet. And they don't, they haven't announced where they're going to be or anything well, like I've that. Well, I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that before, too. Mostly because our listeners send us screenshots they're not supposed to. <laughs> Ooh. But you can have an LOI and not follow through on it. Yeah. So see, I don't know if it costs anything or, you know, to file an LOI. Because I there's one that Probably they've been minimal. talking about coming here for a long time. Other than cheesecake. <laughs> and I think it is, Joe. I think one of them is cheesecake <laughs> that they file LOIs just to keep. I don't know what their strategy is, but I think it'd be nice. It has a sign that says. Hey, don't don't get too excited. This is just like a like a big dentist office. But wouldn't it take away the allure of going to the Cheesecake Factory when you're out of town? I don't even go to the Cheesecake <laughs> Factory when I'm out of town. I'm excited about it. Because their menu's so huge when I do go, it's, <laughs> it's like, like holding reading a book. Yeah. It's like the Las Cruces phone book. Just the menu. <laughs> that Cheesecake Factory menu has more pages than any other menu yeah. that I've ever seen. Anywhere. And then you have to tell them, I need more time. 30 minutes later, hang on. <laughs> Almost done. Now, I'm and not through the appetizers yet. <laughs> their menu is so fatty, too. What are they, one of their sandwiches is like a bacon and shrimp sandwich. And I read the calories. I'm like, oh. oh. Like, what, what's, a, what's yeah. a rest? We're going to get to this podcast, and this is serious <laughs> business, but... Like, what's someplace when you go out of town, you make a point to go because you really like it? Mm, See, for know. me, it's Buca Joe's de Beppo. Oh, Joe's Crab Shack. I like going to places I've that are local. I've never been. I've never been to... Oh, you do? Yeah, like locally owned restaurants. In, like, in All different right, areas. hipster, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm looking for you to say, like, a CPK or maybe a Tony is. Roma's. We used to no. have a Tony Roma's. Yeah, we did a long time ago. Like 20 years ago, yeah. we had a Tony Roma's. Are those still a thing? I don't know. <sighs> Boy, I don't know about that. I don't know. It's like a TGI Fridays. We it just doesn't just have real. to be food, you know. Like, I keep thinking we're going to get a Bass Pro Shop, but I think we got Cabela's, and they're going to say, you know, that's good enough. Well, think about it. We had a Cabela's on the east the side, company. and it closed. <laughs> oh, it, it was not Cabela's. It was That um, was Gander Mountain. Gander oh. Mountain. <laughs> yeah, which is now a Burlington. Yeah. That's doing Can't well. have enough That's those. a Burlington. I yes. love me some Burlington, especially this time of year. Yeah. They start getting those fur scented candles in. Like <laughs> they smell like Christmas trees. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant fur. Like I mean, too. FIR. FIR. Because we were talking about Cabela's. So I thought you liked pelts. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if they had they had a candle scent that was like fur, F U R, and tobacco or something. You know what I really like? The leather candles that smell like leather. Yes, yes. Do you know what? I've been to guy shops and they have some very interesting sense. I like that though because I'll go in and I always that's whenever I buy a purse that's how I know if it's real leather I'll sniff it yeah. and then I look weird. I would be really really good <laughs> for like a like a girl who doesn't want a super manly guy who could go in and spend like two hours in Burlington like <laughs> candles and stuff. <laughs> You know, and sconces and, and things then Buzz like that. sits here and she goes, oh, would you like to go antiquing? Would you like to get married? <laughs> Down. God, if I could find a woman who likes to go antiquing on the weekend, <laughs> then go over and... You've got to be hitting up these estate sales, right? That's where you're going. The estate sales are great if you can find one that hasn't been picked over. Like if you can get you in on You have to get up early. Also, you go on Fridays. Here's one thing I've noticed, Stephanie Vite. <laughs> <laughs> Uh -oh. Estate sales suck if you live in a rich part of town because the people in the rich part of town overvalue their 
their stuff. Mm-hmm. You go to a place where people are a little more humble and that you get a good buy on some great stuff. Yeah. Like estate sales in little towns are much better than like it like if you go to an estate sale in Willow, their stuff is three times what it's worth. Yeah. It's like, oh, we live in the Willows. <laughs> I never We're not gonna give you know a, a deal on this stuff. The best I bet if I went over to the Northeast, I'd probably I was gonna deals. say the best Those bargain are people I got. Salt yeah. of the yeah. earth people. I got oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, tell me more about my neighborhood. <laughs> so I got this pair of, of bookcases handmade. 60 bucks. I love it. Because I waited till Sunday, half off. Wait, at a, yeah. at a what? At an estate, at a estate sale. sale? See, yeah. you're gambling there because you yeah. wait till the last day. I just, Somebody else just snatched that right up. I just hoped that someone would assume that they were part of just the structure. Oh, and we, we made off with a good bargain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even I the feel you, person sister. who sold it, they, were, they lived there. Or they uh, were children of the owners and they were like, Man, you're getting a good deal. I'm like, yeah, we know. You're like, oh, thanks, I, bye. Here's here's my thing. When I go into an estate sale, if it's the family, I I don't think I'm going to get that great a deal because they got some sentimental attachment. But mm. when it's just the people they hire to do it for mm. them, uh, they're all dollars and cents. Then, baby, you get some good deals. No, they, but if if but they don't have a lot of. I don't want to speak for all of them, but the reason they're having an estate sale is because there's too much stuff. So they're just like my experience is usually because you know, like parents passed away or something. Like, yeah, like and they don't want to have all that away. stuff. They they need to get rid of it. So they're willing to. The best mark is it when down. you like when the parents had some really interesting tastes, you know, mm. or good taste, mm-hmm. but the kids don't. And they don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. when you get in some good stuff. Oh yeah, you can get some good collector stuff. I found like some actually from the eighteen hundreds scrimshaw etchings. Do you know what scrimshaw is? <laughs> no, <laughs> they like whalebone they used to carve things oh. i found a like a pipe made out of whalebone that was carved okay I, as he was saying this i'm like what are we talking about Dude, this happens <laughs> we went every down day a, <laughs> we went down this trail where you just got really into antiquing and a state well i was talk. talking about all the stores that are coming up that. and <laughs> you weren't you weren't going to play along and tell me like what kind of restaurant you go to when you're out of town um, he's ever, like so let me tell you about antiquing. you ever been to a buca de beppo you know, okay. I stayed in a hotel where a Buca de Pepe was across the street. Does that count? No. You, you got to go in. It it's go. a really crazy experience. I, I wanted to, but we just didn't go. How about Fogo de Cho? Mm, no. Do you know what that is? Mm-mm. It's, okay, you've probably been to something like it, like a te- Tejas de Brazil. Okay. Where they, they're walking around and you just have a, a flag and it says cut off a piece and they'll just, they'll just cut you off a piece of different meat. Nice. Well, Fogo de Cho is that, but it's the best. But it's expensive. Like, it's the, super See, expensive. It's better if you... 60 bucks a person. When I went to Santa Fe, we were looking for places to eat and we were looking in the plaza and then, of course, we see the price. I got officially told not to take staff out to Fogo de Cho yeah. on trips anymore. They said specifically you are not allowed to go to the Because it's like 50, wow, 50 person, $50 like a plate for a person there. No, but we went to this little cafe in Santa Fe called like Tune Up Cafe and this huge breakfast that we got was six bucks. Wow. And it's because it's a local spot and that not a lot of people go. It's inside of a, a basically a neighborhood. You drive down a street and there it is like in the corner. Park three blocks over because there's no parking. Yeah. But those are better when you go to like a Buca de Beppo, Foca de Cho. Those are touristy spots, Buzz. Yeah, I like when I go at, no, out I of town, care. I'm visiting friends. <laughs> and so I tell them, where are we going to go? I want to go somewhere where you go. And so they yeah. take me to this restaurant and. Chili's. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's all sizzlers. <laughs> My parents come into town and, you know, the only place they can eat Mexican food? Chili's. Is uh, Village Inn. Like oh, yeah. anything more that. than that is just too much for their elderly, 
gringo stomachs. This, this all reminds <laughs> me of when we went to Montana for a wedding. Oh. My husband has family up there. And his uncle's like, I've got to take you to my favorite restaurant. Oh, God. Taco John's. Taco John's? Oh. How's Taco John's? Well, it has tater tots on the side of your tacos. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Taco Bell. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, Taco John's, why are you taking us there? We're from El Paso. Would you all like some salsa? And it's it's uh, uh, sour cream. It's like cocktail sauce. <laughs> <laughs> it was the strangest thing. I, I was, I couldn't believe we were eating there. I'm like, really? Okay, Taco John's. We want to, if you're in Montana, you want to try some of the Montana cuisine, which is like a half raw grizzly bear steak I was going to say, what probably. is their Bison. Oh, bison. Oh, bison good. beef is good. Really? It's good. Yeah, I had a a bison burger outside of Yosemite Park, and it was where, now his name escapes me, but there were some people there. It was like a big thing. It was like a big cabin where they stayed before they would go into the park. It was a historic restaurant and cabin. It was pretty cool. All right. Uh, Brandon, any place other than uh, (laughs) (laughs) Joe's Crab Shack that you like to get into when you go out of town? Damn it. I like going to Joe's Crab Shack. Okay, well, sure enough. Mm. You know, if you're if you're in Dallas and you're at a Joe's Crab Shack, you're within walking distance of a Papa Do's. Like they they put those chain restaurants all together in the same place. There's a there's a Mexican version of the same company. Yes. You know, and it's all Joe something or other. There's Papa Do's is is the faux Cajun one. I've never actually been to a uh, uh, what's it called Pelican Joe's. What the hell is it called? Joe's Crab Shack? Joe's Crab Shack. Thank you. I've never actually like been in one of those. the answer for I've everything. Been, I've tried to go before, but I've always gone, and it's like a 30-minute a, a wait, and I'm not willing to do that for anything. Okay, <laughs> so we've used up all the time. Was that a, the mountain room? Or <laughs> no. the, it was nice talking no, no, to no. you. No, no, no. Let me take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Borderland Crimes podcast. Okay. And preview it just a little bit. It's part two, right? Right. The, yes, uh, it's an update to the first episode. Rick Madrigal. Right known as on air here when he worked here as Rick Mardi Gras. So Correct. Uh, we'll find out all about it. You're able to get uh, Borderland Crimes podcast on Apple Podcast and Google Play and at the KVIA website. Some more with Stephanie Valle right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. KVIA Channel 7. Stephanie Valle joins us, and Stephanie uh, does a podcast called Borderland Crimes Podcast. We've already got some fans of your podcast uh, in the comments section. Oh. Melissa writes in and says, Stephanie, we need more stories for your podcast. Oh, thank and you. And she says, you've done such a great job so far. Thank you. Um, all right, so get us caught up to date. We talked about part one. Right. Uh, Rick Madrigal, who I was going to say we all knew. Uh, Lisa and I have been here long enough that we know yeah. Rick Madrigal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick Mardi Gras were uh, nights on the on the queue. He started off kind of as a, a an unpaid and then a paid intern on our show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he left the station and was uh, killed. Well, uh, you pick up the narration. You, I mean, you know all the details. Tell us where we are after part one of borderline borderline crimes. So part one ended where we hear the conviction of. Uh, Leo Hernandez, the man who shot and killed Rick Madrigal in June of 2016. And he was sentenced to 50 years behind bars. That happened actually earlier this year. 
So um, I had reached out to the the eyewitness. Her name was uh, is uh, Marinda Palacios. Right. She, she, was, she was there. A, she she saw what happened. Right. She saw what happened. She was a friend of Rick's. She was dating uh, Leo Hernandez at the time. I get the feeling, and and I don't mean to be indelicate about it. I get the feeling there there was some kind of triangle going on. That's what was kind of put out there but she said that was not the case rick's best friend said that was not the case that they were just good friends Mm -hmm. so um did it ever come out that that leo was suspicious of their relationship do you know if that came out in the trial that was something that was broached but the defense tried to quash that so i i don't think that the jury was able to take that into account as as a motive so um did allegation of any other crime come into it like maybe having to do with narcotics or drugs i think again that was something that was trying to be alleged but that was never that was never never proven. a focus or never even like an official right this was just something allegation. that it just seemed it just seemed random based on what was being said and so the update is i've uh, i finally heard back from marinda she reached out to me her daughter actually reached out to me and she said that she and her mom would be willing to talk so i sat down with both of them the reason i i spoke with her daughter is because um the first person that Marinda reached out to after the murder was her daughter. She mm-hmm. text messaged her. They'd been text now, messaging all night. Now, was that the message that, that we saw in the press that said, I think Leo, I think killed Leo Rick. shot I didn't yeah, I think say, Leo shot Rick. I think Leo shot Rick. <laughs> yes. So she had text messaged her daughter uh, 6 a.m. the next morning, and she was telling her, I'm so scared. I think Leo shot Rick. And her daughter was the one telling her, you need to leave you need to go home and marinda in the text messages had said i can't i can't and um so the daughter is the one who ended up talking to her father the father reported a kidnapping and possible murder to police and that's how police were able to put the the father who who was either the the ex of marinda the now ex who was who was married to marinda at the time Oh, Marinda was married to the father. Marinda was married, okay. yes. And that's something that came out during the trial, too, is that she, um, they were married, but she was dating someone on the side. And Marinda was pretty open about that as well. I saw some posts, you know, as far as you could take social media seriously, but I'd seen some social media posts from, from people who were close to Rick, that, and I got the feeling from those posts that they they thought Marinda should have been charged along with Leo. So that was addressed in the first podcast, mm-hmm. and she was arrested initially, and she was charged with failure to report a felony. The thing is, when it gets down to it... Um, when I spoke to the detective about this, because the charges against Marinda were dropped by the prosecution, the detective explained that the charges were dropped because they wanted her testimony. So if you want someone to comply with a case, then you say, look, in exchange for this, we'll do this. So the charges were dropped in order to get her cooperation in the murder trial. And also, it's important to note that failure to report a felony, while it is a terrible thing. Um, it's also considered a misdemeanor. So it's like a year in jail. Failure to report a felony it's is a itself just a misdemeanor. It's just a misdemeanor. Okay. So the detective said he didn't even remember the last time he had charged someone with that because it's a, a minor offense. So I know there was a lot of frustration 
um, on behalf of Rick's family and friends that she wasn't held responsible in some way for not reporting it, but the prosecution felt even it was if more they, important. Even if they had charged and even if they'd convicted, the most they were going to get yeah. was a year. So and it was and more valuable to get her testimony to, to get, the, get the murderer. The guy who pulled the trigger, right? Correct. And the defense tried to say it was Marinda who pulled the trigger and, and Marinda talked about that in my interview in the second podcast in the update. I'm sorry, who, who tried to say that it was Mar- The Marinda? defense for Leo. Okay, Leo's oh. defense tried to put her as the as the murderer. Yes, and they had someone come on the stand and, and he was a a third party re, like crime scene reconstructionist and he said it's not possible that it happened the way the prosecution is saying it was a third party and she was the only other person in the room. So they never named her, but they said it wasn't Leo. It had to be someone else in the room. The man uh, we're calling Leo is the man who was convicted of killing Correct. Rick Madrigal. Did he testify? No. He did not testify. No. Which is his right to not testify. Sure. Okay. Uh, what do you think finally convinced Marinda to talk to you? Because as you point out, you didn't talk to her for your first podcast. Did she hear the podcast? And I mean, did she tell you why she was more willing to talk to you? She just, I think she just... She just wanted to get her story out there. She just wanted to say her piece. And so well, she... Well, had you approached her for the first I had approached her for the first podcast, and she was aware of it. I don't know if she listened to it. Did I, she, we did, didn't talk did about it. Did she tell you no, or did you never talk to her? Did I she, never spoke with her. Yeah. You tried yeah, to. I tried to. Yeah, yeah I just okay. reached out to her how I knew, the best way I knew. And then um, she had she asked me, what is this about? And I told her... And then I never heard back from her. And then I reached out to her daughter at the same time. And then her daughter is the one who said, we'll talk. So okay. they both talked to me about about um, just that whole night. And we talked about why it is that she didn't report it, why she stayed with Leo the whole night, because the police were able to see that not only did Marinda not report the crime, but she and Leo stayed together after the murder. Did they stay there in, in the apartment? No, they left, but they went to a hotel and they also went to a bar. Okay. And they were hanging out and they were taking pictures with people. And I mean, there are receipts and there are documented photos that were entered into the into the murder case of them hanging out. So there was a lot of there were a lot of questions about why would you hang out with someone who you saw right. shoot your friend and i know you don't want to give away everything that's in the podcast but what was her you know what was kind of the the area of her rationale was she in shock she was Was scared of it she's she She was was scared of leo scared of leo because she didn't know why he let her live knowing that he that she saw what she did and so she she said that she was scared to do anything that would upset him to talk to him about what happened or, or arouse his suspicions that she might be yeah going. okay so she I, said i that guess she, that makes sense in in a way it makes sense in a way yes yeah. i think a lot of people i mean none no one in this room has been in that situation you know where you witness something so horrible we can't say how we would react so you can listen to her story and take it for for what you will but um that's her that's what she says is that she was scared that he was going to hurt her kill her and she didn't want to get caught being on her phone 
to police, to her daughter. She said that she tried to keep her daughter away from picking her up. She didn't want anyone to know where she was because she was scared. The daughter was adult, the daughter, adolescent? She was actually going to graduate from high school. Okay, so the, she was like a senior in high school day. when it happened. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Borderland Crimes Podcast, the latest uh, now available at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and at the KVIA website? Yes, you can listen to it on KVIA.com if you don't okay. have a smartphone. How many how many episodes are there of, of Borderland Crimes? So this is the second one. I'm currently working on the third one, so we can expect that in November. What's the uh, topic of the third one, or which case are you, uh, or, or have you even decided that? Yes, yeah, yeah. so um, I'm doing a, I'm profiling a, a murder case that happened back in 2015 um, involving a man who was found shot to death outside of an attorney's office in northeast el paso um i don't want to give away too much about it but i remember i remember this case but i don't remember all the details i know there was it was suspicious as, as a lot of murders are right of course it ended up being um um his father-in-law who had murdered him it's just a really it, it's it's a story that as i get more into it um it's just really sad because it, it involved a child and it in, and it stemmed from a really bad divorce and custody case. And so it's just, it's a sad story. Um, and I'm speaking to one of the victim's friends about it. I'm going to be talking to the detectives about it. And so we'll be laying all of that out and we'll have that out in November. And basically just to show just, you know, just how people's lives are affected by these things. And, and just to also show what the police department goes, the lengths that they go to to solve these crimes. Because, you know, El Paso does have a pretty good solve rate. For Borderland Crimes, uh, is it going to focus, in, going forward, let's say we're 20 episodes down, is it going to be all murders, homicides, or are there any other crimes that you might cover? Or do you have you thought, well, it's mostly going to be, you know, capital offense type of stuff? It's a good question. I mean, at this point, I'm pretty much open. I, I've The cases that I've gotten have been two murders at this point so i think we're still a little early on i guess it would depend on on what the case is and and what kind of information i'm, I'm able to get all right borderland crimes podcast you should uh, check that out subscribe to it yes you and can. uh it is available as we said at apple podcast google play and go over to the kvia website well thank you stephanie for my coming pleasure. in everybody watch stephanie Valle on kvia good to see you my dear thank you for having me buzz okay let's take a break we'll come back we got one segment to uh, wrap things up and more of the buzz adams morning shows on the way right after this it's the buzz adams morning show podcast We're back for one final segment of the Buzz Adams Morning Show. I thought we might head over to our website and see what uh, people are posted about over there. I got a story here. Uh, Drexel University. I, I see Drexel sometimes in the NCAA finals or the NIT, but I don't know much about it. But well, they, not, not in the finals, but in not the, in the finals. But I know it's a school in Philadelphia. Uh, well, a former university professor at Drexel spent tens of thousands that really doesn't describe almost $200,000 in federal grant money for local strip clubs and sports bars over a 10 year period and the justice department went after the school to get the money back doctor and I am going to do my dead level best okay doctor Chikadinaka D. 
Nuan Kpa. Kazumtag. Misused $189,000 of government grants from July 2007 through April 2017. The university has agreed to pay back the money to resolve its potential civil liability. Dr. Nwangpa has not been charged with a crime, but the grants came from the Navy, the Department of Energy, and the National Science Foundation. An internal audit revealed that Nwangpa used the money for personal iTunes purchases. So it wasn't all strip clubs and sports bars. There were also some personal some, iTunes some sweet purchases. Jams. And for, they've got this in quotes, goods and services provided at Club Risque, as well as cheerleaders. I don't know if cheerleaders is a strip club or a sports bar. I guess it could be <laughs> either or both. He subsequently resigned his position. He paid the university back 53000 which is notably less than 190000 and was bought here's the here's the kicker for me though mm-hmm. so after he resigned and paid the university back a fraction of what he's accused of uh, misusing he was barred from federal contracting for six months that's it oh my god uh he has not been charged with a crime a little more, you touched on this yesterday a little bit. Dick Sporting Goods CEO Ed Stack said that his company destroyed $5 million worth of assault rifles as part of its stance on guns. He's got a new book coming out, and he said that, uh, here's what he says in the book. I said, you know what? If we really think these things should be off the street, then we need to destroy them. In his book, it's how we play the game, build a business, take a stand, make a uh, difference, which went on sale this week. Stack wrote that rather than return the firearms banned by the company to manufacturers, the chain, and here's the quote, sawed $5 million worth of rifles into scrap. Oh, the National Rifle Association responded to this. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can get somebody being upset at a politician like you know when Beto said we're going to take your guns I could see you know being upset at that why I don't get people being so upset when a company just decides hey we're a company we're we're going to change our policy like mm-hmm. they get upset as if the the guns themselves had personhood you know yeah. like they're aborting hundreds of innocent guns it, it, some people have that reaction like if you oh, refuse to sell guns them in cages and you're telling me they won't let them in it's a personal <laughs> affront yeah. somehow the NRA tweeted an article written by right wing public from Breitbart of course and wrote Dick Sporting Goods CEO Ed Stack told CBS News that his company destroyed five million dollars worth of assault style rifles to keep them out of private hands so this guy with uh, dicks has received a lot of negative feedback from the NRA and NRA affiliated uh, individuals. And like I've seen, I know on social media, a lot of I'll never shop at dicks again. Yep. What? They just quit carrying a product. It's their store. It's not like they were the last ones where you could buy these things and they suddenly went out of business. Why? It's the same thing as like they have a they have the right to stock 
or not stock no, as but well. It just lets you know how want. personal it is to somebody. It's like mm-hmm. you're not just stopping carrying a product. You destroyed something that is precious somehow to my psychology. And that's how upset people get. People are very upset with Walmart because, I don't know, they don't carry the right kind of guns anymore or don't mm-hmm. carry the right kind of ammo or anything. Uh, in his CBS interview, Stack, this is again is the CEO of Dick Sporting Goods, said after 2012 Sandy Hook elementary school shooting, he removed the AR-15 from his chain of stores. There are 720 uh, Dick's locations. That's a lot of dicks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes it seems like you can't even go into a town without seeing a dick. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Over on our website, buzzadamshow.com, we got a few uh, posts that you can check out. Walk, uh, walk through the house of a thousand corpses haunted house. Is this like a walkthrough video? Mm-hmm. Is that what this is? Yeah, it's the house that's in, um, I believe it's this year's version of House of a Thousand Corpses at Universal Studios. I'm and it's really cool because awesome. you get you get to see. So that movie was rated R. Would you say the the haunted house? I know they don't rate haunted houses like they do movies, but would it get an R rating? Yeah, I mean, I can send kids through that thing. Uh, really? You would be terrifying. every year. I'm surprised at how little some of the kids going through our haunted houses and our haunted houses yeah and they're probably braver than i am so it's fine (laughs) yeah with that with this one you walk through you have you get to walk through the int like the um captain spaulding store you know where that that murder happens at the beginning of the movie r.i.p captain spaulding yeah you get to walk through that and it's uh you walk through his museum of what was it murders and madmen i think um, so you get to go through that. You know how that was like super cheesy in the movie? Do they have Firefly lookalikes? Oh, yeah. Like people playing the the different, you know, oh, Otis and, and Baby and everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. The great thing about, uh, I've never been to one, but I've been to Universal like the month leading up or so. They're 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 lousy with with actors out there, so they get people that are like really good actors to be the the scarers. Mm-hmm. And, not, and I'm not knocking our our actors. Our actors do a really good job. You mean at Universal? Yeah, Universal. We know. Also, one of the things is with Universal, they can touch you there, really? not inappropriately, but <laughs> they can touch you, and so that's part of the the appeal of it. My best friend loves getting scared, and she told me no. She, which is when so you said very, you were going to go, it's a very Lisa, touching I knew experience. It. it is. It's a very touching experience. She's so like, most, she said, you're going to cry and run out. Most spook houses have had rules <clears throat> going back a, a couple of decades that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you don't touch the people going through. Just you know, you yes. don't touch them, and it's expected to be reciprocal. You don't. You know, some people can't control themselves. If somebody jumps out yeah. from behind a you know a wall I'm and you're already you. yeah, some people they just have the reaction to punch. <laughs> so, I mean, I know our actors I usually get to. punched a couple of times. I had a friend just drop into the fetal position at one of the haunted houses. <laughs> like I thought he had a heart attack. So I was, was, uh, I was worried, and I looked down, and he's down, he's just laughing. And we get out of the Wait, haunted house. Wait, why is he laughing? Because he was, he was, it, it, that, 
that kind of just like fight or flight response and his immediate reaction was to curl up into a ball and he found it just hilariously funny so when we got out of the house it was the wolfman house and when we got out wolfman has a house the wolfman haunted house oh i didn't i don't know i've never heard that before yeah this was at helming horror nights Okay. Oh, that's cool. This is one that was called Rip from the Silver Screen. So they had a lot of vintage. Um, Lame. And this was when. No, well, but this was when they had <laughs> the. Um, well. It's like the, the creature from the Black Lagoon just looks like a guy in a rubber suit. No, but they, they trust me, they up it. Like, uh, there was also a Saw uh, version of a haunted house that year, and that one was super creepy. Um, Joanna has not given any spoilers, but she says they're definitely a good share of creepy clowns. But also, uh-huh. there's something they have like a like a freak show, and there's yeah. something in the freak show that is yeah. really really jarring. Right? It is. Yeah. Okay. No. no? Okay. <laughs> Did you say is it bitches? Uh, yeah. <laughs> actually, like, actually, what? is it bitches is less offensive than what I actually said. <laughs> Uh, you were saying, Brandon. Um, yeah, so we got out of the house and asked my friend what the hell happened, and he was just like, oh, fight or flight. He goes, I lost. He's like, I'm clearly going to die. Well, he didn't do either. He didn't do fight or flight. He curled up in the fetal position. He, he would have cry. gone flight if he would have been able to run, but the problem is you can't. Like, that was his reaction. There's another one. See, I think that should be, it shouldn't be just fight or flight. It should be fight, flight, or curl up and, and or fetal act like it's, a possum it's fight flight or fetal possum yeah. <laughs> and there, fight a, flight or fetal there was another um, haunted house we were going through remember my bloody valentine 3D ah, yeah. where the guy has like the big pickaxe and he's got the miner's uh, helmet with the light on it so my buddy got scared in that one and it was as he was walking through a door so he ended up hugging the door jam and he had his plastic souvenir cup in his pocket he shattered it in his pocket <laughs> So he went up to the lady afterwards. He goes, hey, some kid ran into me and broke my cup. Can I get a new one? So he got a new one for free. All the while, he was the reason that it broke because he was the one that got freaked out by the guy with the pickaxe. Isn't it funny when you get out of a haunted house and you're just like laughing hysterically like, oh, I I survived. Mm Mm-hmm. I love it. Have you ever heard about Ronson's shoe collection? No. At the haunted house? Oh, we're here. This is where we used to broadcast live, and especially at night. So Scott, you know, God rest his soul, Scott Ronson would do his show out there. So he'd be out there five, sometimes six nights a week Mm -hmm. broadcasting live. Well, the thing was, there would always be a certain number of people who got so scared, they ran off and their shoe came off, but they didn't go back to get it. (laughs) So (laughs) one of the actors would come come across it, and eventually it would make its way up to Scott, up at the front. Mm Mm-hmm. So he didn't want to, you know, don't know what to do with him. Usually it was one shoe, not two. So somebody would take off running, especially if they were wearing flip-flops and a flip-flop would come off. But what he would do is he had a, he put them up. He had them like trophies. Uh That way if somebody came back and said, hey, I lost a shoe in here, he could just go, (laughs) which one's yours? (laughs) And just point up to it. I understood the ones that were like flip-flops because I could see those flying off, but they had... Yeah, lace up Chuck Taylors. Uh, there were some high heels up there. Oh like God. somebody Who went through the high high heels. Like high they were coming from an event and decided, hey, let's go out to the to the KLAQ haunted house. On Friday that I was out there doing my remote, I did see like people, I guess, on date nights. So I did see like my fair share of girls dressed up really nicely, like ready for the haunted house. Oh. I'm an old girl. This year's Carnival is the theme, and the killer clowns are here. There's also a freak show that Joanna says is very horrifying. The uh, haunted house is going to be open this weekend. Our hours for this weekend are going to be 
Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 7 p.m. open. And on Friday and Saturday, it's going to stay open extra late till midnight. And Sunday, it's going to be 7 to 10. We're going to expand the hours as we get closer mm-hmm. to Halloween. It's, it's going to be open not only more hours, but more days. Uh, so once again, that is 1840 Lee Trevino. At the corner of Lee Trevino and Montwood, you can head out to Carnival Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this weekend. Brought to you by Western Tech, Las Palmas del Sol, the Viva Auto Group, and 95.5 KLAQ. Being involved in a car wreck can be a stressful and confusing time. The Ruman Law Firm is prepared for exactly this type of situation. Let us fight the insurance companies while you take care of the most important thing. You and your loved ones. Let Chuck and the Ruman Law Firm handle your case so you can get the monetary damages you deserve. Make 845-4LAW your first call after an accident. Chuck Ruman, the people's injury lawyer.